This Madre podcast number 18 begins now. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, we really appreciate you joining us week to week on this and the Maleducados podcast. If you like what you hear, please share and like this on iTunes. Uh, recommend it on SoundCloud. Subscribe to our SoundCloud page and tell your friends about what we're up to. If you watch on YouTube, then awesome. Like and share that. Subscribe and tell all your homies. We had a bit of uh, uptick on subscribers this week. Our YouTube has been practically dead in terms of subscriber hmm, yeah. growth. But I think we had like 25 new subs this really? week. Which is fucking remarkable for our shitty channel. Huh. We usually have like five a week or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool. So if you subscribed recently, thank you much for uh, thank you very much for doing that. And let's get moving. This week is a just a regular podcast between Sammy and I, and we're going to be talking about uh, six different things. We're going to do ten minutes on each topic. I think we did this one time, um, but we haven't uh, done it in a while, so we'll just kind of figure it out. Um, do you want to start, or you want me to throw a topic out first? Uh, yeah, go ahead. I don't know. Me? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about. Let's see. Let's let's see. <laughs> Scientology. Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, let's talk about religion. Something really fucking broad and pointless that we're never going to come to. Uh, all right. Let's talk about um, college degrees. Are college degrees still important this day, Sammy? I think they are. They're definitely useful. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends who are doing grad school and they're uh, still kind of pursuing their academic careers. And um, Let me get specific on that. Sammy's couple of best friends from high school, one of them is at Harvard Law and one of them is at Harvard Med School. Yep, and they live together. And they live together. Mm-hmm. And Sammy uh, sits in this garage and makes videos. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, kind of funny. Uh, I always think, yeah, just um, just kind of surround myself around just smarter people and that have... <laughs> Uh, a, a bright future so that in case I need to go crash in their house that's not, that's still a ways away because my uh, we're you know in our mid to late 20s so they still got a ways to go before they're actually making like a lot of money I think especially my friend who's in med school he still has like another two years who will hopefully be on this podcast at some point um, but yeah that is really crazy about medical school because I have friends who I'm fucking almost 40 Oh my god, that's fucking pathetic. Um, it's not pathetic. It's just a fact of life. Um, but I have friends who didn't really start making money as like doctors until they were because maybe they took a few years between yep. uh, whatever medical school and undergrad. Yep. But they didn't really start making money until they were like you know thirty five. Yep. You know, it's but career, as yeah. soon as you make that money, it's probably like you know two hundred fifty G's a year or something yep. like yep. that. Um, and then you got a shitload of loans and whatnot, but. Um, <laughs> So for those kind of professions, I think, yeah, it's definitely necessary um, to have those degrees or to, you got to want to, I think, relatively early on want to pursue those careers and you kind of have to make the sacrifice or the, be willing to go through, you know, like fucking 10 years of like school, basically, when you're out of high school. Um, So yeah, if if that's uh, what you want to go down, if you're, I guess... Well, that like lawyers and doctors or like a practitioner of some sort, you have to engineers, engineers. Yeah. Um, you know what's crazy is um, the 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 economic like crash of two thousand eight actually changed a lot because people who were graduating undergrad around that time they could not get jobs, hmm. and so what that forced a lot of people to do was go to grad school because they had nothing better to do. Yeah. And so now the job market's actually a lot more competitive because of that. Hmm. Like people who like, I only have an undergraduate degree. I don't think I'd be able to get a job at a lot of places because there's so much more competition with people who have their masters. Yep. Um, so for better or worse, I, I don't know that that had that effect. For sure. But I think you're right that like in terms of like, it really helps if you're studying something specific. Um, but even, I don't know, like I'm like, yeah, if you're going to do that, then then it definitely makes sense. But even for like broader roles, like it just makes you like, I don't know. I don't know what you do if you don't have like a, if you just have a high school diploma, what kind of job can you get now? <laughs> like a fucking machinist or something or a- Not even that. A welder. Uh, yeah, construction sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, in Texas, there's a lot of like those oil jobs. That's a lot of people in my high school did. Work on the oil rigs. Yep. Yeah, right, right. 
Yeah, I have a friend who does that too, who works on an oil rig um, in Texas. I think uh, somewhere like in Odessa, which is West Texas. Natural gas, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the, the fucking fracking. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny, I guess, the culture out here, or you hear about people at places like Stanford, you know, Silicon Valley, and these kids, you know, these 18, 19 year old kids just want to have the next Snapchat and they think they don't need their degree, which may be true if they're um, smart enough and can have the resources to build a company like that, then I guess you don't need it. <laughs> or if you're like a... There's so much you learn, though. Like, when, I, when people ask me, like, what's the value of... Number one, there's the value of a college education, and then there's the value of, like, a name brand college education versus, a, like, a whatever, a state school, if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, this is a generalization, but a lot of it, like, tell people is like, well, because typically, like, these harder or name brand schools are more selective, it can be around people who are going to be more, like, competitive and, like, intellectually challenging and yep. rigorous. And then in the future, they're going to be a stronger network and blah, 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 blah. Um, but it's mostly, like, like residential education. is like, the people you meet in your dorm and the relationships that come with that, I think, is really important. But... I don't know. Have you have you heard of this company Theranos? Mm-mm. Theranos is like a biomed startup. Oh yeah, the wasn't the CEO got into some some hot water like a year or two ago. She's in some hot water right now, basically. Mm-hmm. And that was basically a girl who was fucking nineteen, dude, mm-hmm. or twenty, and she dropped out of Stanford to go start this biomed company because it was gonna like revolutionize medical testing. That's where, right. Like, yeah. You only need a drop of blood. Yep. To like get all these lab tests done. But they were fucking faking it. She was fucking faking it the whole time. And the company's basically crashed. Hmm. And they were once like a multi-billion dollar or whatever. And, you know, she was like the darling, like young entrepreneur and all hmm. this shit. Now they're like getting sued by the FDA and blah, 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 blah. But shit. I, 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 get, I guess what I'm saying is that like I feel like you just kind of need to grow up <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. And college is a good place to grow up yep. and get drunk and... Let's move on. This one's boring. Yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, I guess, like, sports. I feel like you should have someone on here that actually knows what shit about sports. Meaning, because I, I don't, I've never followed sports. Um, I guess professional sports, the the NBA finals are going on right now. The NHL baseball is, like, in the last, when does fucking baseball season end? Or when when is the? Yeah, baseball season ends in October, November. Oh, shit. Damn. So like, it just started. Right. Um, but the NBA playoffs started. Mm-hmm. Kind of a sleeper, unless you're a Spurs fan. I guess that Spurs-Houston series was pretty exciting. Yep. Spurs pulled it out. There was a, the only thing I saw from that was the, the block from Ginobili, right, on James Harden. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm very fascinated by professional sports, but I don't, I don't follow it enough to, like, really ha- hold a Was your dad conversation. not into sports? Not really, no. He... Uh, I think he was into football for a little while, and then I think he just got bored of it, and he he doesn't really follow um, any any sports, any American sports, not even like really soccer in Mexico either. I think he did at one point, but then he I think he just kind of lost interest over the years. Um, but yeah, you know it's cool to because a lot of I think we've talked about this before, but a lot of my friends in Texas are all really big um, North Texas fans. Mavericks and uh, uh, Cowboys and the Rangers and you know I respect and and admire sort of the kind of cultural kind of significance that you know it brings people friends family together for better or worse and um, you know you have this allegiance for a team uh, for your city that you live in but yeah you know I just I think you have to I'm curious to see if there are any like people who were got interested in sports later in life because I feel like it's something that you kind of have to somehow pee pass down in some fashion like you have Certainly I like played sports when I was younger and yeah. I, I like playing sports <clears throat> not currently but uh, <laughs> I do like uh, you know playing sports and admire athleticism but something about yeah professional sports I just never really got into and I don't I don't really so I guess is fucking pointless to bring this up no, I I grew up definitely loving sports, um, but I think it was because it wasn't my dad. My dad didn't like sports either. Hmm. He just wasn't into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody in the neighborhood did. So like, 
My neighbor would take me to Ranger games. Our neighbor was the Little League baseball coach. Yep. Uh, rest in peace. Foodie, Harville Britton, he was my <laughs> neighbor. He actually just passed away like four or five months ago. Damn. Uh, but he was my neighbor, and like, I used to go over there, and um, I was friends with his son, who was my age, Jimmy, Jim Britton. They were like the only white kids in the neighborhood. <laughs> but uh, we used to go to Rangers games all the time. So, and then my friend Ramon, we were a huge Ranger fan. So I grew up big time sports fan. Um, and it's weird because I feel like it's one of the only things um, that allows you to kind of like be like tribal. Yeah, that's you know? what I meant earlier about yeah allegiance. Yeah, yeah it's totally tribal. It's like a safe way to be tribal. Yeah, yeah. You know? Sometimes it's not so safe. Sometimes it's not so safe. <laughs> Some world star clips will prove otherwise. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, generally speaking, like we're in a time of relative peace compared to you know hundreds of years ago yep. when people were warring and there were Fucking clans and gladiators. Or <laughs> <laughs> I saw this. Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, no. And I think because of that, like, people gravitate towards it, and especially men, you know? Yeah, yeah, for Um, sure. I am looking forward to the next series. I guess it's going to be the Spurs versus the Warriors. Hmm. Um, I haven't watched any of the Warriors uh, playoff games because they've been pointless because they've swept the uh, fucking Utah Jazz and then I don't know who the fuck else. Portland. So they've been pretty fucking pointless. But the next series should be good, and I'll start watching those. Have you watched any shows lately? We'll just watch about that. Um, yeah, I've been watching watch? Better Call Saul. That's kind of, I've been keeping up with that. And it's on the third season. It's like on the fifth episode. Uh, yeah, I'm a big Bob Odenkirk fan and uh, Vince Gillian team that did Breaking Bad. Although it does feel like they're kind of running out of ideas. And it's like prequel to Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. So yeah. I, it's either going to end this season or the next. But, uh, you know, Bob Odenkirk is an OG um, comedian and yeah it's 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 still really well written and shot and i've said this before but they totally just flexing uh their filmmaking abilities uh so it's cool to see that and the other thing i've watched was uh kardashians actually like keeping up with the Kardashians. yeah like just yeah the reality show yeah yeah it's dude it's, larissa watches it yeah it's pretty crazy it's um you're probably all into the Kanye part of it. Yeah, and, and not and I I thought I would be, but watching him on there is just really fucking awkward because he's awkward. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's awkward. awkward. He's yeah. awkward. Yeah, but that is just a whole th- <laughs> dude. But, I get but, like pissed off watching it, but I can't stop watching. You it, can't so. stop watching it, right? Yeah, I'm the fucking same way. Larissa, I mean, when when uh, when Larissa and I got first uh, first got married or first moved in together, like basically Larissa, my wife, like super smart. Like way smarter than me, probably than you. I don't know. Just super like analytical and like a right. sharp thinker, and like works really hard all day. So when she comes home, this is her release. Yeah. Like instead of going to the gym or something, she just watches the Kardashians, which is yeah. what most Americans do, I believe. Yeah. Um. But when we first moved in, I'd be like, I can't take this. I would go to the other room. I really yeah. could not like. Just, just the way they talk is annoying. Yeah, I just yeah. couldn't be in yeah. the same room. But now, like. I'm like, eh, all right, whatever. Like, uh-huh. she's usually in bed, like, like literally, like watching TV, like at 7 p.m. Yep. And I'm just like, okay, I just get in with my laptop, so I'm kind of doing something, but I am watching this shit. So we'll watch the Kardashians. She watches The Bachelor. Yep. Which is a fucking shit show, but I kid mm. you not, I'll fucking sit there and watch I it and just that, talk yeah. shit about huh. these people. I'm like, yeah. What the fuck? You're just sitting there. I think it's a way to make people feel feel better about themselves. Because these people Until are Until you like, look up their net worth and <laughs> Exactly, yeah they're the, ones, they're the ones playing us Yep That has to be Yeah, that's the thing That's like a seasoned Sort of like um, Family That is very oh, conscious of how yeah, yeah, the kind of TV I'm, and the media works And they kind of Obviously use it to their full advantage Yeah, they're um, fucking like You know, they each have brands Of mm-hmm, like clothes mm-hmm. yeah. Or this or that And like they immediately sell out of everything yeah. because people are watching <laughs> it and like the most recent episode uh, that that just came out I think is about how they so this is I guess is they obviously filmed this shit you know like four or five months in advance and then I think it's like six months really yeah so it's like this really weird fucking unfortunate cycle of like you know you hear about you know Kim Kardashian getting all her shit stolen yeah. or whatever in Paris and then you're like all right. And then you watch it six months later and you see them actually going through mm-hmm. it. And 
So it's like, <laughs> I don't want to spend too much time, but like, it's just son of a bitch. Like, um, just thinking of it from a sort of production standpoint is like always interesting to me because they're going at it, you know, or they're having, they're crying or they're having these crazy conversations and there's a fucking sound guy there. <laughs> there's a fucking DP. There's like a producer, you know, there has to be instances where, you know, the right or the producers are like, oh, why don't you say this instead? Or, you know, he's kind of he or she is like kind of I, egging it on it in would some be, fashion. It would be interesting to know how much they do that on show like the Kardashians, because, you know, they do that on the other shows like The Bachelor mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Big Brother or Survivor. They're probably part of it. They're, they're like producers. So who uh, the Card- themselves? Like right. The, right. That's what I'm saying, though. It's different if it's like a show mm-hmm. that's following a family like that yeah. versus it's more like they personally kind of have to like dramatize it themselves because they yeah. know like mm-hmm. what to play up what to play up yeah. or whatever whereas like on survivor or whatever or bachelor they're mm-hmm. person they're like actually hiding stuff or planting info so that people can be more antagonistic yeah. and blah 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 um but that whole world the reality tv thing is really weird because even just last year when i was like and this is a totally like not on the same level but when i was doing the vlog mm-hmm. for like i think i did it for like two months like I, I just decided that like number one it was a lot of work to edit it but number but really more importantly like you don't like you start thinking like am I doing this because I'm trying to make this more interesting yeah and it doesn't feel like you're living a normal life anymore for sure yeah so, like, that's what they're doing yeah like sure, Casey yeah. Nestat and mm-hmm. all these guys who had these big blogs it's like yeah you have to make yourself interesting yeah you totally have to make yourself interesting some and, shit, yeah. I think, like, I decided, like, I don't think I had a future in it, number one. But number two, like, it's just, like, it's weird. Like, I've, you you want the ability to step away. Yeah. And just, like, not but worry But they go about full that. force with it, which is really fucking crazy. Um, because because they, they know the <laughs> the benefits, the rewards very well. And they know if they play that up, then they just get even fucking richer. But, yeah, that, I, I, I only recently started watching it with... Like actually started kind of engaging in it more than I ever had in like like two or three weeks ago, and you're just like fuck. I remember I was like kind of shaking my head and was like kind of commenting on everything, and then it ended. I was like, oh shit, when when did these come out again? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not to get sucked in, man. I'll be watching The Bachelor talking mm-hmm. shit, but he's gonna give that bitch a rose. Yeah, it's ridiculous, yeah. but it's fucking addictive. That's what it's supposed to do. Yeah, it totally works. Um, I was telling you about that uh, show that I binged, uh, War and Peace. Mm-hmm. So War and Peace was it. Yeah. yeah, it's actually really good. I'll give you the DVDs because we buy them. So uh, where Larissa and I live, uh, our inter- internet connection is awful because it's satellite. Anyway, long story short, we go to the store and buy DVDs. Mm-hmm. And then we just start binging shit. So over the weekend, I watched all, it's not that many, it's like six episodes. I think it's like seven or eight hours yep. of uh, War and Peace, which is based on Leo Tolstoy. Have you read that? Mm-mm. I never read it either, but um, but it's made by the BBC, and man, it's actually really good. And it, it's actually very manipulative. It's very like hmm. it does all the like emotional like whatever. Yep. And then it turns out the writer was a guy who wrote like a lot of the like uh, what's her name. Uh, Pride and Prejudice. Uh, um, Jane Austen. Jane Austen. Mm-hmm. He wrote, wrote like a lot of the Jane Austen, like hmm. BBC stuff. Oh, cool. Which is super popular. Yeah. So yep. he adapted the Tolstoy one piece for the BBC. Nice. And, and it was really good. And uh, I was telling Sammy the other day that I looked on uh, the credits and I kept the director is the same one for all the episodes. This guy named Tom Harper. And I was like, that name sounds familiar. I watched a few more episodes, and I was like, who is this guy? Like, he's familiar. And I look him up on IMDb, and then I, I was like, oh, shit. So it turns out that uh, 10 years ago when I had a short f- film at, the, at Sundance, when you have a short film, it's in a program. So they play, like, a group of short films together, like five short films back-to-back. Yep. And there was another guy in my program who had a short film called Cubs, and that was Tom Harper. Hmm. And so now he's directing these fucking epic miniseries for BBC, and uh, we're sitting here in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> but fucking kudos to Tom Harper. Actually, I feel like, I mean, I don't, I don't know him. I met him uh, at the festival. Right. By no means have I kept in touch at all. Yeah. But I feel like writing an email and being like, yo, dude, like, I watched more piece. That's dope, man. <laughs> nice, yeah. You know, just be like, uh-huh. you know, this is this, like... Uh, I'm excited for you. Not that he needs that. He's done other projects. Obviously, sure. it's been 10 years, but that shit was dope. Nice. And honestly, like, I actually, I'm not going to lie. I really like these kind of costume dramas. Hmm. 
like Larissa's really big into uh, Jane Austen. Mm. So all of the, you know, Pride and Prejudice and is it Howard's End or yeah, yeah. all of those things. Like she really likes those movies and um, and we she pl- she will. That's like for me. Like there's certain movies that I'll put on on repeat. Mm. Like for me, like maybe Casino. For some reason, I really like Casino, mm. and I just watch it over and over. Yep. She puts on you know Pride and Prejudice, and so I know all those things. But anyway, I really like them. I'm like. That'd be a goal. I would love to direct like a fucking the fucking nineteen nineteen Mexico or like <laughs> I, I, I want to do a British century. one. Why can't I do a British <laughs> one? What's wrong with that? But that I mean, that, guy, that guy's British, right? The, yeah, but they're uh, yeah. all adapted. It's not like yeah. they're original works. They're sure. just you know sure, doing their sure. own spin on it. You know, yeah, it would yeah. be cool to do like some sort of spin on that. That would be fucking uh-huh. dope. Like we should take, you know, Pride and Prejudice. And set it in the hood, yep, dude. Yep. You know, <laughs> you know, like yeah. East Side San Jose, Pride yep. of Prejudice. Like sure. it would totally work. Mm-hmm. It's just like people do the adaptations of Romeo and Juliet, or whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be pretty dope for sure. Ideas, yep, just blossoming right here, <laughs> blossoming. Um, but yeah, I watched War and Peace. You guys should check out War and Peace BBC uh, yep. production. Mm-hmm. I literally like, dude. Sunday, um, we had some friends over to the house. And it's funny, how often, you've been doing this lately because you just moved here, but, like, how often do you make new friends? Um, I think when I first got here, I made a shitload. Mm-hmm. And then once kind of the, that kind of friend group got established, like, I haven't really reached out as much as I was when I first got here, you know? Yeah. Um, but as of, like, the last, like, I've been here in San Jose two years a little over yeah two years yeah. living here in San Jose so the first year I think I made like a solid like dozen kind of like a dozen kind of a circle of a dozen friends and yeah. over the last year I have not kind of expanded on that which I would like to but I just I you know I I just kind of suck at networking you know because I get like, well it's not networking but it's friends but you yeah well, like Larissa would used to always tell me that I would bring home strays uh-huh. because I would <laughs> which is a really <laughs> fucked up way thing to yeah. say but She'd be like, who is this person? I'd be like, uh-huh. have somebody over to the house or something. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it slowed down because I feel weird doing that now that we live together or whatever. Yeah. But when I used to live alone uh-huh. before we were married, like I would just make random friends. And then, yeah. you know, I would just have people over. So I really like making you friends or whatever. But anyway, we were at a party like two months ago. And this guy I know, Joel, the guy from Alol. Hmm. Not black Joel, but white Joel. Yeah. Um, we met his wife. Uh, he'd, he'd gotten married a, a couple years ago and never met his wife before and, and uh, we just ended up drinking with them for like a few hours that night and they were really cool and then they invited us to dinner so we went to their house for dinner in the city like a month ago mm-hmm. and she's like this dope ass like chef and she like works at have you ever been to Byright? No, over by I've Dolo? heard of it but yeah. I, haven't, I haven't been there so the Byright is like an ice cream shop but it's also like a like a farm to table grocery store yep so it's the kind of place like they would literally buy one pig a week and they sell like all the yep. pieces of the pig and mm-hmm. it's organic and all this sort of shit. So yep. anyway, she was really cool. We had a, she had us over for dinner and this is somebody we just met, you know? Yep. She made uh dude, she made like a uh, duck polenta. <laughs> I was like, what is this? But it was really good. And so then uh, anyway, we invited them over to our place on Sunday and like made like just tacos or something. Yeah. And then we went and drank like we went to this place. Dude, it was hilarious. There's this a vineyard, like a wine tasting place, like ten minutes from our house. Mm-hmm. And we'd actually never been. But we're mm-hmm. like, yeah, just come to our house, we'll have brunch. We'll have brunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. This is my total bougie Sunday. All right. <laughs> here's here's how it started. All right. So first we wake up, whatever. Well number one number one, you'll I don't know if like Claudia does this or not, but I actually, I don't dread it, but whenever we have like a, a gathering at the house, Larissa's really like, like she wants the house to be nice and get it all ready and like cool yeah. and whatever. Yeah. And then it kind of starts driving me crazy because she's like, do this, do that or yeah, whatever. Yeah. She's not being a bitch, whatever. She's yeah. just, we're just trying to get shit done, but I get a yeah. little whatever. Yeah. So Saturday we spent like so many hours like getting the place ready after like we shot the thing. Yep. And then, um, 
well, now it's Friday, but the Saturday, like, cleaned up the place, like, we're cleaning up, I was out there with the fucking leaf blower, like, yep. all this shit, yep. and then, uh, Sunday, basically, we wake up, we clean up, we do all this stuff, we're all rushing and stuff, and then they're coming from the city, so we went down to Caltrain and met up at the Caltrain, mm-hmm. and then we went to the farmer's market. Hmm. Well, first, we got some, you know, blue bottle coffee, so, yep. bougie thing number one. Mm-hmm. That's from San Francisco, right? Yeah, it's from San yeah. Francisco, but they have it at Red Rock in Mountain uh-huh. View. So, we, we had some nice coffee, mm-hmm. and we walked around. Like, they had an arts fair in Mountain <laughs> And then we went, walked around the organic farmer's market mm-hmm. and bought, like, you know, organic food and all this <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went back home. We, we went to, to our place. And... Uh, Dude, like, actually, whenever we do tacos, like, when people live over, like, Larissa buys a masa, and, like, she mm-hmm. makes the tortillas, so we actually mm-hmm. had fresh tortillas. Nice. Uh, and Heather, because she works at Byright, brought mm-hmm. some, uh, I think they call it, um, it's basically Neiman Ranch, like, mm. grass-fed beef skirt steak. <laughs> and then, like, I made, like, fresh, like, you know, guacamole and all this stuff. Anyway, um, and then after we did all that, we just chilled. We were fucking full. And then we went wine tasting. And it was actually pretty cool, but I mean, the wine was good. But there were some white people dancing, and I like say no more. Yes, <laughs> I was just like, oh my god! And this, this is like, if you go wine tasting, and there's like, I, 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 I felt like such an asshole. Why do I feel that way? Um, I don't know. I guess just am I racist? No, I think I have this problem, or not if you want to call it that, but of you know, just kind of being like critical or just commenting on everything you know it reminds me of the bill burr he was like he's like my wife is like why do you got to make fun of everything he's like well because that shit paid for our house (laughs) (laughs) so i think there's a little bit of that you know but also um yeah i don't know it's uh being sort of like i think i'm the same way too of like kind of just being somewhat like conscious of the situation and everything that's happening you know it's like oh now we're at this farmer's market now we're eating as this opposed to just enjoying beef. the situation as opposed to just yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. which is unfortunately yeah. uh, easier said than done um <laughs> but i couldn't take it dude there yeah. were these people dancing uh-huh. and it was so hard yeah. for me to watch yeah that i was just like let's go somewhere else like we went to yeah. another part of the little like <laughs> vineyard thing yeah. And and then well number one the guy who was giving us the wine tasting was this like you know fifty five year old dude who dyed his hair like blonde, and it, like I I started referring to him as Corn Top Carrot Top's cousin because his fucking blonde hair was so foul that it was like glowing yellow, and the guy was like sixty and he had this glowing yellow hair and a fucking earring and he was just like. He was like swirling the wine and like he's like Jesus. I'm doing this so that I can aerate it and all this <laughs> shit. And I was like, oh man, oh man, yeah. I can't fucking take this for sure. But I fucking love wine. I yeah, mean, I yeah. like wine. I like no say I like to get hammered. And so I was like, okay, we can't be here for the tasting. Let's go up there and see what's going on. But mm. then there were the people dancing. Yeah. And I was like, we got to go to the back of the building because I can't look at these people dancing. Yep. And I just ended up buying like our own bottle, and I was just like, let's stay out of sight of everyone and just get. Yeah, yeah. I don't Um, know. Yeah, I think. um, uh, I think of yeah myself as kind of like a. What's the what's the phrase when you're like you're both kind of introverted and extroverted, like in certain situations where like you know I think we are both you know charismatic people. People like you know talk to us, but I think me especially being kind of like an only child, like even with 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 uh claudia you know it's like sometimes i just want to be literally just fucking by myself you know like doing my thing just like whether listening to music or like literally watch like just a tv show like by myself and i don't um you're like don't look at the tv bitch yeah (laughs) i didn't mean to call it oh no it's funny because like the the when you're my claudia is like a dj right so her whole thing is you know you have to go out and network at bars and um after you know editing for like eight hours out of the day you know you're like in front of your computer i just want to sit down and you know just fucking watch something on my computer and kind of zone out you just want to keep staring at the screen yeah 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 <laughs> or you know or do something more or less yeah that but, doesn't uh, make any fucking sense well no okay, like as opposed <laughs> and so but when you're like and then she's like oh let's go out and to the bar and for like four or five hours i'm just like 
I don't have like the, you know, it's like you, you, you have this ability to, you know, talk to people and, you know, genuinely, you know, genuinely curious about people and their lives and kind of different walks of life or whatever. But, uh, it's kind of hard to kind of like, for me at least to actually go out. It's just that first step, you know, yeah. like, cause once you're out there and you're drinking and you're talking to people, you're like, man, I'm having like a really badass conversation with this person. <laughs> I was like, oh, good thing I came out and didn't just sit at home and smoke weed all day or like at, at night. I just made a multi-million dollar deal. Yeah, good thing I came out. Yeah, but but yeah, I think I don't know where I was going with this, but anyway, like we made some new friends. They mm. came to the house, and it's always kind of it's not weird, but I, it's it's a little awkward when you have someone over that you don't know yeah, that yeah. well, mm-hmm. you know? So this is the first time these guys were at our yeah. house. Because it was just like, uh, if you're just being yourself, you know, you're just like right. sitting down and, you know, or, you know, you're not like having to sort of host someone. Right, right. And I, was, yeah. I kept thinking like, this would be a little different or this would be very different if like it was Julian and Hong. Yeah. And the, Julian is my best friend from high school. Yeah. So my two best friends in Texas are Julian and Ramon. Yeah. And if they came over, you know, we would take our shoes off. It would be like no fucking big deal. We'd probably yeah. be like, just completely hammered and fucking smoking weed and yeah and then like what probably would have happened if julian came to my house is that we would have made the tacos like we would have started drinking and we never would have left we just never would have made it to the fucking yeah yeah because we would have got so hammered and that one whatever but at some point when uh these guys were over it was like oh like i think it's time to go yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) you just got to keep your circle small man (laughs) (laughs) but they're cool yeah you know i think of um my parents and kind of the people that they hung out with and you almost go through like these phases and you don't have to be older to do this i've already kind of witnessed that myself it, just from like the last five years since i was in in uh, college you know you have i have these like group of college friends you know i had like a decent like circle of friends that i considered really good friends while i was in college but over the last like five years you know you just kind of lose touch and you just don't necessarily feel inclined to like keep up with them and, you know, I've always had, like, a really uh, close group of friends from basically fucking, like, elementary and middle school that I've stayed friends with for, like, for so fucking long, you know, that at the end of the day, I just, it's almost like I'm selfish and wanting, it's like, I know that I'm not going to make as good of friends as the ones that I already have, which is kind of fucked up to say, maybe. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I know it is important to to kind of get out there and meet new people I, and I really like that idea of life and trying to make new friends and and even like I think it's important to make like cross-generational friends yeah you know like people who are older like it's funny like with Dr. Lopez mm-hmm. like you know he's kind of a mentor and he's kind of a father figure in some ways yeah. but he's a friend at the, at the end of the day and yeah. like that was something that like you know really I cherish and I like, kind of try to nurture that and try to make more relationships like that because yep. Um, it's, I think it's really healthy, not only for like you, well, for everybody, like to to have like a cross section of uh, a community, you know. Like I feel like if if you see old people who are miserable, it's typically because they don't have close or they don't have like a big like cluster of friends. Yeah, they're like holed up by themselves. Yep. Battery just finished. I'm gonna keep talking. I don't care. But like, if you think about grandpa, like. You know, our, our grandpa, like, he lived until he was, like, 95. Yep. And from what I understand, like, he had a pretty good circle of friends, and he lived in a place where it was easy, even in his early 90s, to, like, go to the Socalo to walk around, and yeah. he would go have, like, yeah. tacos with this person. And just, like, I think that, like, keeps you healthy. Like, when I see people who seem miserable, it's because, like, they're by themselves. I don't, yeah. I don't know. And then another thing, too, is, like, I don't know. Um... I think I I do think that there is a, a small circle of people that you actually have um, like an actual kind of meaningful relationship sure. with, you know. Like yeah. I think it is good to to make new friends as it were. But every time that you meet somebody, you know, you're like at least for me, and this might be fucked up in the way I think. I don't know, <laughs> but like you know, of like kind of again measuring it with your other relationships and like yeah. thinking of it like five years, ten years down the road. Like are these people really like and especially after like I was saying, um, with my friends in, in college, is like kind of thinking of that as like in that moment I really enjoyed their company and I think we had like a lot of really good times and learned a lot of shit. But, you know, even like my best friend in college, uh, my friend Kelvin, I don't fucking talk to that dude. It's been like fucking two years since I've talked to that guy. Yeah. 
And, you know, there's someone that I really respect and that I had such a great time with, but, you know, you just kind of move along and I don't... I mean, that's true. Like, my best friend from college, Francisco, who's my freshman roommate mm-hmm. and then my roommate after school, like, he's local. He's not even that far, but we don't see each other yeah. that often. Mm-hmm. We're just really busy. Yeah. Right? And it's certainly, he's somebody that I love and that I really care about and that I'm really concerned about, but I'm not a good friend. I wish I'd do San yeah, Francisco. Well. At the end of the day, yeah. <laughs> are you watching this shit or nah, not? She <laughs> got better things to do. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I think for me, that's something I strive for. I, I would like to make new friends, and and to expand the circle and to continue to expand the community in ways that I think is meaningful. But I mean, the only issue I think is you can do that, but then there's going to be people that you may kind of like vibe with initially, but then you know, like a year later. You're like, wait a second, this dude's actually kind of fucking problematic, or he's like, he's. Uh, That's fine though. Yeah, no, yeah, it, no. It's almost like, um, is it worth that effort? And also, uh, my group of friends is also like we we're saying, uh, very diverse in like the shit that they do. Like you know, yeah. I have people who are um, you know scholars and they're you know becoming lawyers and doctors. Uh, my good friend Tamir, who you know he's uh, he's in the Air Force. He's like high ranking in the Air Force. Yeah, went to to Rice and stuff. So, yeah, like I said, I think I may have, like, just... <laughs> you tapped out on the talent pool of friends? Yeah, <laughs> I kind of did. You know, and that sounds fucked up, but, like... <laughs> There's it, no more good friends in San Jose. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of French friendships, keeping them, uh, the breaking off of friends... Mr. J- um, James Comey was. <laughs> I don't think they were ever friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our FBI director was fired this week. Yesterday? Mm-hmm. It's two days ago? Yeah, yesterday, yeah. I haven't read a lot. It, it obviously is all extremely sus- suspicious. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like they are setting a new standard for like fiction uh, or for like House of Cards or <laughs> Veep or you know it's like if ever these guys in TV like one year ago were to write out what is happening right now they'd be like that's like too surreal or it's not <laughs> like so they're kind of um, uh, we're, we're you know uh, witnessing history and now obviously that's perpetually happening it seems like an extension of, of Trump the kind of personality and now it's in the White House, and that's why it's kind of alarming. Now you're supposed to sort of like. The only thing I'm asking myself is, um, what can we do as citizens mm-hmm. about it, right? Because I mean, we're all reading the articles. It all seems very fucking whack. <laughs> uh, it all seems very suspicious. So what I'm trying to get in my head around is what I can do as an individual to try to impact change. To try to get him out of there. Yep. Um, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you can do. I mean, I think it's all a fucking. I mean, he has definitely. He is, Donald Trump is president because he wants to be richer, because he wants power. I don't think he ever thought he was going to be president. Uh, Bannon, I think, is uh, continuing to be a master puppet. <coughs> the supreme puppet master. Yep. The thing where they had Kissinger there yesterday. Yeah. That's such a fucking power move, man. <laughs> that's so fucking baller to yeah. do that. Yep. Like, they, he fires the FBI. That is not a coincidence. Specifically had him over. I don't know what Kissinger is actually doing there, and I don't know why he would choose to be there. Yep. That is what's really interesting to me. Unless he's fucking senile, or I don't, I don't think he, I don't have no idea. But in terms of choosing to invite him and getting him there for a photo op, right? That's fucking baller. That's so <laughs> like, like he just like first we got dick slapped, then he just nutted in our face mm-hmm. with fucking getting Kissinger. It's totally ridiculous, um, and I I I don't know what the fuck they're doing, but it's it's intentional. All of this is really intentional. Yep. Yep. Um, so what can we do? I'm not sure. I mean, honestly, over the last three months, what can you say you've done to... Nothing. Nothing. 
Me either. The only thing I could say, and it's absolutely really, it's, it's pretty much nothing, but I donated to the Young Turks. Yep. Because I think they're doing good reporting. Yeah, yep, yep. I think it's fully independent. I think they got, they seem to have their, their fucking heads in the right place. For sure. And I like, I like, I believe in the power of an independent media. Um, <clears throat> so I didn't, I didn't donate a lot of money. I don't like 30 bucks or something. Right, but, right. but the Young Turks is on the come up. They're hiring a lot of reporters. They're doing stuff independently. So I dig what they're doing. But other than that, I haven't done shit. Yep. So it's really hard for me to complain. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I, yeah, I don't even know what to say about this FBI thing. Because it seems just as ludicrous as the fucking Michael Flynn thing. Yep. Um, I don't know. Uh, hopefully this kind of falls apart at some point, but it yep. hasn't so far. Sure. And then what happens after, if it does fall apart, and what the fuck? The, Hence. Um, the consolidation of power. Yeah, one of the things I like <clears throat> read today, and I shared some fucking link, because that's about as powerful as people can be these days, <laughs> is um, just how it's like, you know, this coup and this concentration of power where it all rests in his hands and it's all like this um it is just trump and the russians and that just like really rich dudes really rich dudes (laughs) just doing their things and it's so blatant that it's it's hard to understand how it's possible because it's so because it is so blatant yeah um I mean, I mean, maybe um, this is wishful sort of thinking on my part, but uh, I think on a very small scale, things like uh, this Madre are sort of like, you know, we're kind of really making our presence known. And I think I've always thought I'm optimistic about um, Mexican people and uh, in particular, like, you know, like really sort of like, situating themselves here in America and not just Mexican people but Latino people and uh, black people any marginalized community I feel like it's it's like we're coming in to ourselves and it's been this really long and obviously very difficult process I don't know dude but, um, I, can I be the the pessimist here <laughs> the the fucking throw some salt on that fucking conversation hmm um, I think every generation has that sort of optimism, and and the and I say that because like I was actually talking to JT about this the other day, but um, in the eighties, late eighties and nineties, um, you could argue that like somebody like Culture Clash, which is this collective of theater performers and satire yep. comedians and stuff, um. They were thinking the same thing you're thinking now. There's, but what was they had a Donald TV Trump show? Or what was their it, Ronald Reagan? You know, or in the in the '90s, it was Jerry Brown, who basically passed like some extremely xenophobic things in California. Yep. Um, they banded up against him, and like, I mean, when I got to Stanford, like they had these the Floricantos, which were these you know uh, artistic like gatherings of poets and musicians and all this stuff. Yep. And you had Jose Antonio Burciaga, who wrote you know Drink Cultura, mm. and um, you had the he was a poet and he was leading you know this whole movement at Stanford, and then you had these things of Flori- the Floricantos. Uh, they had the Rock and Jalapeno Band, which was like you know, these Chicano, like, musicians. <laughs> that was their problem, the name. <laughs> yeah. it, back then, it was, it, you know, you think it's, like, it's funny or whatever, but back then, that's, like, that was cool back then. You know, now you think it's cool, but 10 years from now, people are going to think you were whack or, like, everybody who, like, all these artists now, like... I don't know. I think the... Uh, I, I, I'm a pessimist. I just don't... I don't think, like, I, I don't... It's not that I don't believe in movements. Yeah. I just don't think that we're special. And I don't think any generation is special. Well, I mean, you just can't deny. I know we've talked about this before, but you know, um, the the advent of the internet and the kind of like this really exaggerated 
sort of but it makes people globalized. apathetic in some ways sure i mean right now like nobody's doing anything because all they're doing is sharing stuff on facebook but they're not actually going on the street and doing anything right you just talked about like what are you doing yeah nothing right right you know all these people oh we're doing this and we're doing that but it's all on the internet but sure. nobody's actually going on the streets and right doing right shit. right um but i mean it's either that or you know i mean the alternative i guess is that you know that this uh, the trump administration or um the current way things are going is like, is it going to be either like that they kind of succeed in their sort of like uh, coup of uh, like American government or are the real sort of like the values that other people like um, the marginalized communities are coming together to to fight against it? Are they I just I just feel it's more exaggerated now than it ever has been. Yeah, I don't think I just don't think times are that special. I certainly what Trump is doing is really like egregious. But they were saying the same thing when Nixon went down and when Yeah, but then in the the the, the, in terms of, you know, like marginalized communities or whatever the fuck you want to call it coming into the mainstream, I don't think it's as strong as it ever has been like now with especially with shit like hip hop and other like uh, really like strong sort of like I guess movements, for lack of a better word, that um, that yeah, I think I and I see what you're saying in terms of like not being special or whatever, but I think you have to think that way to really try and really keep going and and really uh, uh, define yourselves as such. Otherwise, then yeah, you just kind of fall into line. And it's I, not about falling into line. I'm just saying I don't necessarily believe that the movement is any stronger or that there's a cohesive group of people right, like right. whatever. I think if you want to impact stuff, then you have to think very, not selfishly, but you have to think very, you have to think inwardly and you have to commit yourself to doing whatever work you think is going to make a difference. Yeah. And so that's like, for me, that's like, you know, like personal relationships and that, and like, honestly, like, you know, something like this mother where like, you know, this thing could have been shut down, you know. 18 months ago but i've personally committed to keep this going yeah we are financially committed to keep this going putting our own money and time into this yep and that's what it takes it's not like we're like oh the community come help us come over here it's like we're actually putting our money and our time where our mouth is and doing the work and 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 similarly like you know with like involvement with like a thing like ms squared where like i'm on the board and i give money and Hmm. similarly like you know, even like with my engineering stuff, like mm-hmm. there's like a couple of people there who are like younger dudes who are trying to like figure their careers out. Mm-hmm. And I take them to lunch and I buy them lunch mm-hmm. and I ask them, what do you want to do with your career? Yeah. And I'm like, so how are you going to do that? And that's what makes the difference. It's not like being on the Internet or like, yeah. And this sort of thing doesn't sure. need technology. It's about like more like caring. It's like about the shit that like the guys next door are doing, like yeah. the debug guys. Like they're not yeah, out for yeah. glory. They're, you know. Sure. So, you know, and it's not it's not that it's a special time. It's not that technology has enabled this. It's that you just got to give a shit and you can make a difference on a very one on one level. You know, like that's where I think like I always talk about like the biggest difference in my life was like a few teachers who were just like gave me an application yep. to go do like some summer program yep. or to like somebody who like my first grade teacher who told my parents, oh, your kid should be in a better school. And here's mm-hmm. the application. Go to the magnet schools. That made a big difference in my life. And then like, for example, when it came for you to go to school, my parents knew about that yep. and told your mom about it. Yeah. And it was literally Miss Wajardo, who was Ramon's mom, who told yep, my yep. mom, who made, was just like a single person making a phone call. Sure. So that's where I think change happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I didn't mean to sort of have or uh, propose this kind of like uh, delusion of, of grandeur uh, in terms of kind of where the movement or whatever you want to call it. But I think, if anything, uh, maybe a better way of putting it is that, you know, it, you can't argue that it's not maturing, whether that's in a in a good I, way or a bad way. And it's um, not mature. So, I don't think it is. I mean, w- there's not like the the sort of fifties, sixties, that that movement of if we're talking specifically about you know Mexican or Mexican Americans of like the Chicano movement. 
it's not the same thing and like that's what i'm saying whether maturing or it's it's aging whether it's good or bad i just don't think i don't think it's it's not any it's not getting it's not maturing it's not you know regressing it's just there's always a, there's always going to be like a wave of immigrants there's always going to be people who are poor and who are trying to get better yeah and there's never going to be a point where everyone's like rich like this it's sure yeah you know what I'm yeah saying? yeah well like, then, i mean that's what i'm saying like then then that process is it's almost like reaching its tipping point because like where the fuck are the other immigrants going to come from like in the next like hundred years if if this process that you're talking about is is true and that it really uh, it's not that like who's who's going to be the next kind of uh, wave of like immigrants or whatever and um, yeah, I guess my point is like like what I just said of thinking of sort of immigrants or, or specifically Latin American, um, Mexican, Mexican-Americans over the last 100 years, like in uh, 1917 to 2017, like it's not, I, I don't think you can say that like that they're uh, the same or that it's part of the same process, you know, it's like, like what is the next? No, but, but. The difference is only that now the immigrants are brown. But in 1917, there were Irish immigrants who were going through the same bullshit that, that Latinos made. So then what's going to happen in the next one? Like, are they going to come from Venezuela? Or, I don't know. I don't know. Like, no, no, no. But <laughs> it may not, well, be, yeah, it may so not it, be a nationalistic movement. It's so yeah. going to be a so purely socioeconomic so this, movement. Sure. And and the, the people, the Irish and the Italian immigrants yeah. of the beginning of the 20th century mm-hmm. are now you could argue kind of flourishing, you know, or they're kind of like... They're integrated. They're, they're, in, they're, they're totally normal. integrated. Yeah. And so what does, I don't, what does that mean for Mexican people? And, and I, don't, I don't mean to single out Mexican people. I just, you know, um, thinking of it in terms of, in that regard of like, what's us integrating? It's almost kind of scary to think about because, you know, I, I'm talking about like, oh, like, uh, we're up next or, you know, like, it's our time to shine, you know, like... But it's like I think it's think you're becoming normalized within American society. That yeah, is a good and that normalization is, I think, pretty crazy right now. And I know that uh, you know there's been plenty of crazy shit that's happened throughout the course of the American history, whether it was um, everything from the fucking you know the Civil War to um, to the Civil Rights Movement to uh, uh, Nixon and Reagan and all this shit, but. Right now, it's coming to another head. Yeah, and and uh, I'm I'm thinking of the. There's been a, I think a lot of talk about the sort of like the the philosophy of like the pendulum. You know, of like there's always going to be kind of this pendulum of like. Um, right now, we're seeing in America anti-immigrant, anti-immigrant, and then uh, you know the pendulum is going to swing back. And so when it swings back, it is going to be another sort of like reiteration of like what you're saying of like this the same shit that's always happened but yeah i'm just curious to see how that's gonna look i don't i don't um i yeah it's not gonna be like you know 19 1920s america it's gonna be like 2020 america and beyond what yeah i guess what's frustrating to me and and when you're talking about that pendulum um i think it happens at a at a national scale or even a global scale because right now there's certainly like this um, tide of uh, xenophobia and, and nationalism, and yeah. I saw in your notes like Macron, you know, right. winning in France, and that's yeah. great that he won. Um, I'm I'm down with that. Um, but what's interesting for that, and I think like re- coming back to the personal level, that's basically analogous to uh, a, a, just your personal relationships. And your personal like swing, like within like your own house or within your just within yourself, you'll have a good year and you'll have a bad year. You'll have a year where you're making a lot of money, and you'll have a year where you're not. Yeah. Because just that's just the ebb and flow of stuff. Like everything can't always be good. Everything it just kind of naturally happens that way. Yeah. The problem is that like people, as individuals, not all people, but a lot of people as individuals and and nations, nation states can't have like they can't deal with these swings everything's either black or white and they react really over aggressively yeah because they're like oh my god we're not making money now i gotta do this you know yep. now i gotta fucking mm-hmm. 
sell crack yeah. or I got to kick everyone out, mm-hmm. like whatever, right? <laughs> it's like that black or white thinking. Yep. And if you're like kind of in touch or like in tune with the reality of the world that it moves back and forth and you should not overreact, that things will eventually kind of, you know, yeah. figure themselves out in some way. If you're like a good person, if you keep working hard and you kind of focus or whatever, like things will be all right. Yeah. But people tend to overreact. Yeah. And so there's these really big overreactions. And I, definitely that's kind of happening right now. But it happens on a personal level, like a mental fucking health level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where? Yeah, I think the, the Irish and the Italian comparison is a good one to bring up. Because if there's anything to worry about, oh, fucking it, is that, that, the, that integration I don't think is going to be as smooth. Because at the end of the day, you know, like Irish and uh, Italian people by larger, you know, just more white people, they you know, look, they, they kind of look white. And uh, I was just seeing this thing on, I uh, heard this interview on um, on NPR about um, this fucking like, uh, like engineer and um, this business uh, woman who are living in Kansas. They're these Indian, uh, this Indian couple who have been living in Kansas for the past 30 years. And uh, the the piece was about how that the guy in Kansas, the Indian guy who got fucking shot in a bar mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, how they feel like unsafe after that incident, and how the piece was about how this like the how South Asians after that incident have been it, it's kind of like kind of sent like a shockwave through the hmm. Indi- Indian American community after that shit happened. Yeah. <clears throat> So it's like I agree that it's kind of going to be it's cyclical and that it's going to going to happen again. I'm just curious as to how that really is going to play out on a ground level and um, and whether that integration process is going to be and because it wasn't smooth. I know like I, I, I know that it wasn't like, yeah, it's <laughs> not like from day to night. Like yeah. It was yeah. Fine for Italians. I guess what, what I'm optimistic about is even like you're saying the the kind of the ground level personal relationships that we have. And I think even in my uh, short time being here in San Jose and the relatively small circle that I have, there are certain people that I'm just like, Oh, like they're, uh, they're also, you know, um, Mexican or Mexican American. And they're doing kind of things that are kind of like cool, you know? And you're just like, Oh shit. Like they're not like, they're not like our parents. They're not like, um, immigrants who had just come here. It was like, we're the, the, the products of that. And then, what are our kids going to look like and our grandkids and what are they going to do? And it's just like, if anything, it's just fucking frustrating that that what's happening right now is kind of making it difficult for those people to really thrive in the way that they, I think, should be doing, you know, of like people I, like taking uh, up or, or, or like we've talked about before of people kind of like uh, another, I guess, answer to this question would be of people um really kind of like being part of like these the the conversation that we have with with Nate you know of like of people being part of these big corporations that are that reflect yeah the the true the true makeup of this country whether it's women whether it's you know black people gay people Mexican people I say yeah I I think like I guess what what bothers me but then it's like the this cycle that we're talking about is like when these people do get into those positions and after enough period of time then they're gonna start doing the exact same shit yeah well <laughs> look here's, here's the thing like i feel like a like you're a good person and you're a bad person you have like you know you're thoughtful you're uh um you have empathy for people like that doesn't that you know there that's not defined by the color of your skin like it doesn't matter if you're mexican or your nationality or whatever like it doesn't fucking matter you have to focus on those human qualities that have nothing to do with whether you're Mexican or not and make sure that you maintain that sort of like whatever integrity to be a good person and to help the world and to help everybody. It doesn't matter if they're fucking Mexican or not, right? And I think my worry, not my worry, but where I get a little annoyed in this sort of conversation is that like the over into over-intellectualization of identity politics of identity politics yeah i don't think i think it can be actually detrimental and i think it can it can just it's it sucks energy from the reality of the day-to-day of life which is as like we garnered like talking to a few people in east side san jose last week you know we you were joking around and asked like somebody like oh like you know what do you think of the french and he's just like people are people yeah yeah and then you're like what do you do he's like we just keep working because that's what normal people do. Yeah. They keep working and they keep feeding their families yeah. and they keep being good citizens, 
and treating people well, regardless of what the color of their skin or their nationality is. Yep. And so there's there's a rush to kind of focus on identity politics, which I get I get it as a sociological conversation, and which has been fucking I think exploited by Trump himself in a yeah, way. Like yeah, yeah, and and is. it's and and it can be detrimental <clears throat> in that way because <clears throat> if we're sitting here focusing on it, blah blah blah, then yeah. white people are like, well, they're just talking about themselves. They don't care about me. Yeah, right. And it's partially true. It sounds like we're being selfish. It sounds yeah. like. We're talking about brown pride. Sure. And there's nothing wrong with like being proud of being Mexican. Yeah. There's something wrong with being proud to be brown because there's something wrong with being proud to be white. So, yes, if you're all brown pride, then, yeah, there's something wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't really fucking matter. So that's where I get a little like whatever. Like you should just focus on like being really good at what you do. Being like a good, like, you know, the head of, you know, uh, husband, spouse, wife, I mean, I think boss, the, whatever, like. the I think, I guess the argument would be that by not, um, uh, by not taking these sort of identity politics into consideration, that there is, um, that the cards are stacked. The cards are stacked in favor of white. Men, I totally, uh, I totally uh, get it. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. I, and that's why I said I think from a intellectual standpoint, if you're a university professor or if yeah. you're a researcher, yeah, it's interesting to look at. It's important. The statistics all bear it out. Yeah, but, and let's go back to your thing about the internet. There, the internet has become a way for people to focus on identity politics as a way to uh, not not a way, but as a as a topic, as an issue, as a point of discussion, to the point where I feel like it takes focus away from actually doing stuff. That's it's true. That's very true. Bitching, like, moaning, and right, right. Whatever. I mean, what's the difference between identity politic, uh, identity politics in its current form in uh, via the internet and and someone like you know the Chicano movement of the fifties and sixties where it nothing. Was, uh, That's why I'm saying it's not special. Or, yeah. Or no, I'm not saying it's, it's it's not special, but I think that like. I just don't see realistically everybody kind of moving towards this philosophy of like um, of not of being of thinking that everybody is is the same and that everybody should be doing which is true which is absolutely true people should be trying to be the best person that they could be in their um, immediate circle and their um, in their in the way that they interact with the world world personally but I ju- I just don't think that like that that can be applied realistically and that there's always going to be identity politics. And the there, question there is, is like, how do you, how do you like, again, really going, going back to the, the thing of how it's your actions that really matter. It's not the discussion of it. Right. Yeah. I think we're just talking in circles now. It doesn't really matter. But I think like, like I said, like being involved a, like something like this mother, and this is bullshit. Cause it's how it makes it sound more important than we are. Yeah. But, Committing to doing this, mother. Committing to continuing to do it, even though I think I don't think it is a waste to talk about it because I don't. I, I don't think everybody. Uh, no, I'm not saying I, it's a waste to talk about it. I'm saying we're. I'm, I don't want to sound more important than we actually. Right, are. right, right. But I think That's it all is good to 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 kind of in some ways like talk about these um uh, the or self analysis in some way. I sure. think is good and kind sure. of self reflection. Sure. And so, uh, and like what that means to this conversation whether you agree or disagree it's like i don't think um it's not being done in like in this way i don't feel like i don't i don't see it being done sure. it's more of like but, but totally think, exploiting but, but the, person, like going on the the, the tumblers like, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but i'm telling you what's more important is to go have lunch with somebody i also think um this just made me think about how i know i've discussed this before but of of like trying to um sort of transmit what you're talking about into basically like trying to what you were just saying try and uh kind of like capture and transmit this shit you know because while i agree that that you should be doing what you're doing this example that you just gave of going out to lunch with people and sort of advising them and on a personal level it's really strong and you know like genuine and sort of righteous and I don't uh, mean that in a bad way it's like the step that's missing and I don't know correct me if I'm wrong is like somehow trying to 
transmit that to more people than that guy that you just had lunch with. Yeah, yeah. Like what? That, you know, like. Well, I think I, you know, <clears throat> because it, I, I personally, they, I think people are looking for that shit. I think a lot of people could use that sort of knowledge, and I think there are people looking out for it. And that's what I'm saying is that like now this this wave of like. Mexican people, black people, uh, women, gay people are fucking not necess- not infiltrating, but just being part of this fucking like <laughs> of these industries, and shit, like man. they're in some ways like looking for someone like you to sort of give them those sort of pointers, and because you've lived through it, you know you you're you're well established in that world to where you can give those pointers, and I think. You should be giving it to more people than the just like your close circle of friends. I, I just, I just, yeah, yeah, no. <clears throat> but I personally, I feel like with this madre, I feel like what's more powerful is being unapologetic, and being entertaining, and being um, being a voice. Like because I think that's really like for example, like what what Larissa will sometimes tell me, Larissa, my wife. If you don't know this podcast well enough, she'll be like. Uh, that's really like you should be smarter or you should whatever you know and like that's kind of like uncouth or what, whatever the fuck yeah. and I'm just like I'm not gonna apologize Jewish people don't apologize for yeah their stupid humor yeah for the space balls yeah you yeah. know and I think personally like you know I like the fucking stupid humor and I like being able to do what we do in this madre and I think that's empowering in its own way when we can just do whatever we want and it it doesn't have to be but like I, <laughs> there's a ton of ways to reach that message basically, you know, and 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 basically you don't have to do everything. <clears throat> like, I think like for the more like specific like career information, it's more powerful when you go have lunch with somebody. And I think, I personally believe that impacting one person can be as powerful as impact or trying to reach a number of people. Right. So I, I don't think it's necessarily about trying to sort of like deliberately and actively reach people you know of like being like the fucking Casey Neistat of the <laughs> like Silicon Valley world or whatever but I mean yeah you can make that shit entertaining there's a fine line between yeah, like you know yeah, that's like true. exploiting but you can make it entertaining of that's like true. imagine fucking having is there a way to have fucking like taped and recorded that in that conversation that you had with that fucking black kid, I think I wouldn't want to fucking listen to it. I'm not. I'm not in in engineering, or I'm not in in the sort of like um, you know professional world, world, you know. Yeah. But I think it is something that a lot of people would. Um, it's about like you're saying of of the best storytellers or the best you know like artists are the ones who can take their own lives. People like fucking you know f scott fitzgerald he wrote fucking great gatsby <laughs> fucking socialite fucking bunch of rich fucking ass white people and you know he made it interesting for everybody because at True. the end of the day it's like people have just human, human characteristics yeah, nature it's yeah, human nature everyone can relate to yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah that's all i'm saying Dad, i gotta fucking piss like no all right let's just let's just wrap this up <laughs> yeah, this yeah. gone on way too long <laughs> this podcast started as nothing and it's gonna end as absolutely nothing so <laughs> Uh, thank you very much for listening, for watching. Uh, we're going to fucking wrap this bitch up. Uh, I drank two beers, but I'm fucking hammered, actually. <laughs> These are like 7.5% alcohol. You got to piss, so. And this guy's going to go fucking piss his <laughs> pants. Small bladders running the family. Um, thank you very much for listening to this week's This Madre Podcast, number 18. If you like what you hear, please share, like, and subscribe. Uh, we are available on iTunes. If you listen on iTunes, please leave a five-star review. Uh, a couple of nice comments really goes a long way. And uh, if you're listening on SoundCloud, please share it with your friends uh, on your SoundCloud account. If you're listening on Stitcher, uh, I don't know why you're using Stitcher, but uh, fucking congratulations to you. I'm slightly tipsy right now. It is time to wrap this up. Check out our desmadre.com forward slash store. Grab a t-shirt. And if you really want to support us, check out Patreon, patreon.com forward slash desmadre. Give us a dollar. That's all we're asking for. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you are not completely offended by my mustache if you're watching on video. And we will see you on the next podcast.